the, the title is The Prince of Life. And that is obviously referring to Jesus. Now, what I want to do is I want to show you some examples of what Jesus did when he lived on earth in the flesh and how his disciples responded to that example, how they took up their assignment. And then I want to challenge you and encourage you asking you, so what about us? What are we doing with that? So this is quite important, especially in days like these, because we truly live in a very special time. Now in Acts chapter two, we find the extraordinary account of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the effects thereof. Have you ever thought about that? This was a promise that's been made through centuries in the Bible, through the prophets. They prophesied the day will come. The day will come that the Spirit of God would be poured out on his people. And then Jesus came and he preached it. And he told the disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit, for then you will have power to be my witnesses. Just imagine this. This was a promise from the Father. And when Jesus, when he arrived in heaven, I, I can almost see the picture, him going to the Father, saying, Father, it's all been fulfilled. Now it's time for the promise. Now it's time for the blessing. Let's pour it out over our people. Wow, just imagine that. You, you know how, how happy we are as parents when we give our children gifts. It's the most wonderful thing to see a child or someone so happy when they receive a gift. Can you imagine what happened in heaven when the people received the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, the blessing of the Holy Spirit? Just imagine the joy that was in heaven and the expectancy saying, what will they do with it now? What will they do? It Will they do what we told them to do? So we read in Acts 3, verse 1 to 10, what happened now after all of these things occurred. Now, verse three, it says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, when a certain crippled man from his birth, crippled from his birth was being carried along, who was laid each day at that gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, so that he might beg for charitable gifts from those who entered the gate. It was quite a hot spot, that, uh, a really a prime spot. So when Peter, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them to give them a gift, to give him a gift. And Peter directed his gaze intently at him, and so did John, and said, look at us. And the man paid attention to them, expecting that he was going to get something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Then he took hold of the man's right hand and with a firm grip raised him up. And at once 
His feet and ankle bones became strong and steady. And leaping forth, he stood and began to walk. And he went into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I can just imagine this guy walking and leaping and praising God. Imagine that. For 40 years, he could not walk one step. And all of a sudden, here he can walk. I, I can't think that he was just taking a casual stroll like this. He was jumping for joy. He was leaping for joy. He most probably made some cartwheels there. And everybody looked at him in astonishment. See, what on earth is going on here? For 40 years, this man could not walk. And all of a sudden, he is leaping and jumping for joy. Wow, the people never saw anything like this. But in verse 15 of this chapter, when Peter gave his sermon, his teaching about this, he said, you have killed the prince of life, the author of life, whom God raised from the dead, the prince of life. His name is Jesus. Jesus, imagine that. Life has a name. Healing has a name. Provision has a name. His name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. He's the one that has risen. He's the one that's alive. This is the name of life. The prince of life, his name is Jesus. In the Hebrew, Yeshua, Hamashiach. Jesus, the Messiah, the, the, the Savior. This is what his name means. God saves just imagine this leap of faith for Peter and John. They saw Jesus doing all these things. They listened to his teachings. They saw him pray. They prayed with him. They saw his compassion for people. And, but now Jesus was gone. And here they are, all on their own. And now what will be done? And they, they looked at Jesus. They saw him walking on earth, uh, fulfilling his assignment, doing what God has sent him to do. Yes, he had to reconcile man with God, but also he set forth his good news to the poor. He announced release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and he set free those who were oppressed, crushed by tragedy, proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. This was Jesus. And these apostles, they witnessed this happening all the time, all the time. Jesus stopped there at the woman uh, at, the, at the well in John 4. Now, this was a naughty girl. She was married to five guys already. And here she was living with uh, man number six. So, uh, quite a problem for the village, quite a problem for the elders. We might think quite a problem for Jesus. But when Jesus met her, it is so astonishing that he didn't point his finger at her and tell, told her she is really on her way to hell. But he engaged in a discussion with her in such a meaningful and significant way that her whole life changed around. Of course, he didn't mean to condone her 
her uh, sinful living, but just being in his presence changed this woman around. And she, the downtrodden, the outcast, in a matter of minutes, she became an evangelist. She took the message of Jesus. She ran back to the village and told them, you must come and see whom I have met, the Prince of Life. He didn't condemn me. He set me free. He, he delivered me. The chains was broken off. Imagine that. This is the Prince of Life. Whenever he enters your life, wherever he goes, there is life, 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 and healing, provision, blessing. This is the Prince of Life. Now, Point number one, the name above all names. Like I said, the name, his name is Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah. In Acts 4, it says, there's no other name by which you should be saved but by the name of Jesus. Do you realize that this name contains the power, the power of the universe? That all the grace, all the love, all the authority, all the goodness, all the kindness, all the forgiveness of God is wrapped up in one name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Whenever the name of Jesus is spoken, this whole universe, take note, this whole universe trembles. The Bible says, when the demons saw him, they trembled with fear because they knew he's the prince of life. They knew they couldn't stand his presence. They knew they had to flee. Oppression had to flee. Chains had to be broken off. Locks had to be unlocked. And people had to be pulled out of dungeons because the prince of life entered the realm. The prince of life, his name is Jesus. Wow, how honored we are to know him in Luke 5. The leper came running to Jesus. Obviously, he must have witnessed uh, some of the miracles and the healings happening. And he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can, he can heal me. What was Jesus' response? He said, I am willing. I am willing. Now, take note of this. The Bible says that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. The right sequence is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You see, you, you, you can't get mixed up between the Greek and the Hebrew here. <laughs> Let me enlighten you. We, we write from left to right. We read from left to right. I challenge you, whenever you think about the past, you will think about something to your left side. Isn't it true? And the future is something to your right side. Now, when it really gets complicated, when you get to the Hebrew, it's the other way around. There you start from right to left. Now the past is there. And the, and the present is here, and the future is there. You see, sometimes you can't get mixed up, but the wonderful truth of the word is that he is the same. Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And when he 
told the leper, I want to heal you, that word will remain forever and ever and ever. And if he said it here 2,000 years ago, he won't change his mind today and say, well, I don't feel like it today. You know, and tomorrow, no, 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 no. He's the same. He said, I want to heal. I want to set you free. I am the Prince of Peace. He can't do anything else than bring life and set people free yesterday, today, and forever. For so many people ask and say, well, he did it then, but can he do it now? Is he willing? Is he willing? He's always willing. That is the message of the gospel. That's the message of the gospel of Jesus. Wow, I love the gospel. Paul says in Romans 1, he says, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for this is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting so excited when I talk about the gospel of Jesus, for there's no, <laughs> there, there's just no corruption. Isn't it wonderful? Living in a, in a country like South Africa, in the gospel, there's no corruption. It's just, it's just faithful and true. Faithful and true. So what is the point to you, Jesus, say, saying today, I want to heal you. I want to set you free. I want to break the chains. I want to break the addiction. I want to restore you. I want to make up the years that were stolen from you. I want, always, always, always. And then what happened is in Mark 9, we read about the boy uh, with an unclean spirit, the father running to Jesus, and he told him about his boy. He said, Lord, if you can, you can heal my son. Jesus answered him and he said, if I can. He said, if you believe, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Luke 1 verse 37 say, for nothing will ever be impossible for God. And no word impossible are fulfillment. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Nothing is ever impossible. Nothing is ever impossible. If he can stop this earth for, from rotating on a man's word, if he can divide the sea, if he can stop the sun on its trajectory on a man's word, can't you believe that nothing is ever impossible? My problem that I've got, oh Lord, no, this is so big, really. <laughs> you know what, pastor? You just don't know what's, what's wrong with me and all my issues. Nothing is ever impossible for God. <laughs> nothing. Man. For he's the Prince of Peace. You see, this Jesus, he came and he showed us what should be done. And, and he wants to live through us, through yielded people who would take up the challenge so that we will establish his kingdom. What is his kingdom? His kingdom is the appropriation of his life into this broken world and destroying the works of the evil one. Amen. Loosening the work of the evil one. This is the work of the kingdom. This is what we need to do. Everything is impossible. Point number two, this is establishing the kingdom of God. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, this is the reason the Son of Man was made manifest, to destroy the works that the evil has done. 
to loosen it, to destroy it. I, I, I have to tell you a funny story. I, I, I just thought about, I think it's just the Lord dropping it into my heart. I, I once suffered from kidney stones. I think I have told you that before, but some of you haven't heard it. Now, this wasn't the first time. And, and I was in hospital previously, the Lord healed me, and then I went back to hospital and I went through all that suffering and it got out and then sometime later I got it again and I was at home and I just decided this time I'm not going back. Now I'm not saying that you should not go back. I'm just telling you what I, I did. I had the conviction and I remember it was 12 o'clock at night. I was walking there in my sitting room. Now let me tell you, if that little naughty boy hits you here in your back, it feels like, like a big bullet hitting you. You, 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 you walk like this, the next moment you leopard crawl. Next moment you're on your knees. Next moment you're on your back. Then you cry. Then you shout. It, it is really something. Anyway, and I was praying and I was praying and I was praying. And the Lord gave me this scripture. The reason the Son of Man was made manifest. And one of the translations says to dissolve the works of the evil one. I said, Lord, this is my word. And I stopped in my tracks and I spoke to that kidney stone. I said, you be dissolved because this is the kingdom of God. This is the reason that he came. This is the reason to dissolve the work of the enemy. And it really did dissolve. I was set free. Amen. Can't we, can't we just dare to believe the word of God? Sometimes we just need to believe like a child. We just need to take it. If the word says it, Pastor John says it so often, this is the word. If it's written here, if he said it, that settles it. We just need to believe. If you believe, everything is possible for those who believe. This is the kingdom. In John 11, we find the account of Lazarus, a friend of Jesus, who had been dead for four days. Now remember the legal requirement in those days uh, was three days. You had to be dead three days, then you really dead. Poor, poor people. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy was dead four days, so he was double dead. Dead, dead. <laughs> In Afrikaans, we say, dood soos a spiker. Heeltemal dood. And then Jesus arrived at the scene, and him and Martha had a discussion, and she said, Jesus, if you had been here, he would not have died. He said, you will live again. She said, yes, I know he will live again in the day of the resurrection. He answered in verse 25, he said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> uh, imagine that, imagine that on the one side, there's a grave, the stone is rolled to the entrance, it's smelling already Jesus. He's been dead for four days, we can tell. It's smelling already, that's on the one hand. On the other hand here is the Prince of Life. I am the resurrection and the life. The moment he enters into the picture, everything changes. The grave can't contain him. No grave can contain when the death when life of Jesus steps in. I challenge you today, maybe you've got a grave in your life. Well, why don't you just roll the stone away in faith? 
and just allow the prince of life to speak his life into your grave. Why don't you just pick up your assignment, bringing the kingdom of God into that grave and speak the words of life. I speak your word. I speak the life of Jesus. I speak the life for no grave can contain death if the word of Jesus is spoken. I speak your life and life will come out. And you know what? Scotty wasn't even there to beam him out. Verse 40, Jesus responded to Martha and he said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the revelation of the glory of God? Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the revelation of the glory of God? People of God, do we truly believe him? Do we truly believe him? Lord, I believe you. Lord, if your word says, I believe you. Yeah, but what about the people that doesn't get healed? Well, we keep on praying. We keep on praying. We keep on praying. We keep on praying for the, the problem is not with him. The problem is with us. And we trust him that he will reveal to us what needs to be done to secure a complete healing, to secure a complete uh, uh, revelation from him. But we keep on and we keep on. If you believe, if you truly believe that he will and he can, you will see the revelation of the glory of God. This is what this country means. You know, when, when, when this guy, this cripple was raised up and the, 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 the spiritual fraternal, the high priest and all his buddies, they were talking, they were not happy with this idea at all because they couldn't make money of it, you know, corruption, nothing like that out of their little box. They didn't like it at all. But they spoke to each other and they said, well, we can't say anything because there is the man. There's the man. You know what, church? I'm praying this every day. Lord, that, that we, that we, your people, will not be dependent only on preaching. And preaching is important, but that we would not only be depending on that, but that we would show the world the cripple that now walks. Here he is. Here he is. You can't, you can't deny that. You've got nothing to say against that. For here he is, the revelation of the glory of God. This is what this country needs. Amen. The revelation of the glory of God. But then something happened. Point number three, the disciples stepped out in faith. Well, they saw all these things happening. Can you imagine what a leap of faith this was for, for Peter and John and all the disciples. Here they came towards the temple, and here's the cripple. Now, the cripple was still the same man. He was crippled yesterday, and he's crippled today, and he expects to be crippled another 40 years. Think, think about that. How sad is that? How sad is that? How many people are still the same? are still the same. But the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace, he sent Peter, and Peter and John walked past him, and he asked money, expecting something, and he looked at them intently. Well, wow, I forgot to tell you a little joke in the beginning, but intently. Look at us, look at us. And in that moment, he said, 
I don't have money, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. He knew that this was the real need, not money, but a, a, a meeting with the prince of life, with the author of life. That is what he needed. This is what this country needs. This is what our city needs. This is what our government needs. They don't need more money. They will never have enough money. They need a meeting with the living God. They need a meeting with the living God. Amen. They need people like you and I they need people like you and I to walk in there with the prince of life, with the author of life, with the authority of God in us. And we speak and we bring about a change. This is what this country needs. Amen. You know, and I just want to say this. Yeah. Pastor John, I hope I can say this. Just a thought. You know, this prayer of Pastor John really touched me. I just need to say this, that all these corrupt officials that get away with everything, I just want to remind you that there's a day coming that you will stand before God. I'm telling you now, from the highest to the lowest, and your buddies won't be there to bail you out. Your buddies won't be there to bail you out. You will stand before God. I hope you hear this. You will stand before God. I pray and I hope that you settle your matters before that day, for that day your trouble is big, way too big for you to resolve. You won't be able to make a deal in all. It will be gone. It will be over. <laughs> that was just a little advertisement. <laughs> now, can you imagine what happened here when Peter pulled this man up? The Bible says immediately his feet and his ankle bones got healed. It must have been so much more than that. You know, if, if someone uh, is hospitalized for uh, three weeks or four weeks or something like that, they need to learn to walk again, isn't it? The muscles are weak. Everything, they, they, they balance off. Everything, they need to walk again. This is quite something. Forty years this guy has never walked. Can you imagine what was going on there? I don't even want to think about it. But when he pulled him up, he was healed immediately. And he walked and he was leaping with joy. Can you imagine that? That is the prince of life. That is establishing the kingdom of God. So this is my challenge to you. Point number four, what about us? We read in the Bible, we read this, and we see what the, what the apostles and the disciples did. Now the challenge gets rolled out to us. What about you, my brother? What about you, my sister? Let me tell you, it's no joke praying for people like this. This is no joke. The Lord's been working in Evelyn and my heart now for about a year, and you won't believe the people that the Lord brings across our path. And in the past few weeks, we've seen extraordinary miracles, extraordinary miracles, not because of us, but because we took up the challenge. Say, Lord, we are so fed up to look at your people 
who are oppressed and killed by the work of the enemy. We can't stand it anymore. We will speak the word of life. We will pray. Yes, and of course, there are disappointments. There are people that won't get healed, but you know what? I'll pray for them again and again and again and again, and eventually the kingdom of God will break through for them. This is the challenge for you and I. We can't just be happy to gather here and have a wonderful time, and isn't it wonderful how privileged we are, how privileged we are to be here like this, singing and dancing and worshiping God and having fellowship, but my question to you is, what do you do when you walk out of here? Is there a fire burning in your heart? Is there a love for people? Are you also fed up? with people getting destroyed, of marriages getting destroyed, relationships getting destroyed. Let us pick up our assignment. Let us clothe ourselves with the Prince of Peace and walk into these situations and extend our hands and take a firm grip and pull people out of their mess and just bring the life of the Prince of Life. Amen? Sure. I need to hurry. Okay. <laughs> we need to be bold. We need to be courageous. Confronting the very challenges that he rendered dead by his resurrection. Wow, are you not proud of that excellent English? <laughs> we need to be bold, courageous. Confronting the very challenges that he rendered dead by his resurrection. Amen. He wants us to succeed. He wants you to su succeed. Now in Acts 3 verse 7, we read that Peter stretched out his hand. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Acts 4 verse 30, they were praying. And while they pray, they say, while you, Father, stretch out your hand to cure and perform signs and wonders through the authority and the power of the name of your holy child servant Jesus. What happens here? What happens here? What do we need to learn from this? We need to learn that whenever you and I, through faith, by the power of the Spirit, stretch out your hand in the spirit world, right from the throne room of God, God himself stretches out his hand and his hand meets with your hand and the miracle is secure. It's not you and I. It is the power of God. It's a holy partnership. You're not alone. You're not on your own. He, he's not standing at one side and saying, well, okay, try your best, buddy. No, he's there. He's there with you, waiting for you to stretch out your hand to be bold, to be courageous, to be so filled with the Spirit of God that you will bring life wherever you go. Amen. He is your partner. He's my partner. He wants us to succeed. He wants people to get healed. He wants provision. He wants to save the oppressed. He wants to break the addiction. Even people with mental problems. Now, I, I can remember, and I say it very respectfully, excuse me, for many years, when, when people <laughs> suffering with that, mental issues, that was one of the things I just said near Boothofer Bay. No, this, this, no, really, this, this is, I don't know what I was thinking. How can you think that? How, how stupid is that? How, how can you think that? For with God, anything is possible. If you believe anything is possible, even 
even if you are mentally challenged. For God, anything is impossible, but He's waiting for people who would believe, who would truly believe, and that this fire of His Spirit will truly ignite you and put you in motion that you may stretch out your hand in obedience and in faith so that His kingdom will be established, that the darkness will be driven away. This is what God wants from us. Amen. Yeah, this time I'm going to make it. He needs someone to be courageous, to be obedient. In Exodus 14, we read about Moses and the Israelites, the sea before them, Egyptians, mountains, mountains. It was, that's what you call a tight spot, a real tight spot. And Moses, he was in the tightest of the tight spot because everybody was looking at him. What now, Mr. Moses? You brought us here. What now? <laughs> and the Lord spoke to him in Exodus 14. He says, pick up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and I will make a way. Whenever in faith, in obedience, you stretch out your hand, God will make a way. Where there is no way, he will make a way. Amen. But he needs you and I to stretch out our hand. We need to have that faith in God, that courage, be strong in his faith, God's faith, not my faith, his faith, living in me. Lord, I will bring forth, I will establish your kingdom. I will stand against the darkness. That is the challenge. And yeah, I put it here as a footnote. What about the times when someone doesn't get healed? Well, or whatever you pray for doesn't happen right there. You know what? That is why I believe some people never uh, venture out to do that because they're afraid of the disappointments. Because what will the people say? Well, you know, so what? Every time there's a disappointment, I die a bit more. And that's wonderful. Because he says, if I die completely, the strength of Christ will be living in me. So every time there's a disappointment and people look at me and say, ha, 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 I say, fine, I'm, I'm just going down, 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 more, more, more. But hear me, the breakthroughs will become more and more and more. And the Lord wants to use each and every one of you. So I want to challenge you. The Lord wants to fix you. His hand is outstretched to you. Won't you stretch your hand out to Him in faith? Won't you stretch out? Yes, stretch out your hand. Lord, see these hands. See these hands. I pray that you stretch out your hand. Lord, stretch out your hand. Lord, the miracles we pray for, the miracles that we believe for. Lord, the song says, you are the miracle worker. You are the miracle worker. You are still the miracle worker. So many miracles we need. Lord, we need an intervention from you. We need the power of the Spirit to bring about the miracle in all of these lives. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and then I pray that you will truly, truly put your spirit in each and every one so that when we walk out from this church, when we, when we go out this week, when we go to our workplaces, wherever, Lord, that we would be prepared and be courageous enough to stretch out our hand to my brother and my sister working next to me, living next to me, because they need the miracles even more. 
They might need it even more. Lord, those addicted ones, those ones that the world cast away, those ones that we frown upon, Lord, they need even more the miracles of God. Help us that we would be obedient to stretch out our hands to them. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let us just uh, pray. I invite you to stand with me. Then we pray the blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and a tranquil life and peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. <laughs>